Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And you're welcome back. Between 2012 and 2015, the country uh, experienced its worst uh, power crisis in decades. Uh, not only did this um, residential users suffer the persistent heat at night and the inability of school children to study at night, businesses were also at uh, the mercy of the outages with uh, productivity dropping by some 10%. Well, uh, those days are or might be coming back again. Uh, and this time, if uh, maybe not worse, unless steps are taken immediately to uh, renegotiate for power extensions or some negotiations with plants or to build new ones. This warning is coming from the Deputy Energy Minister, Andrew Japan Mesa, uh, who has confirmed that the electricity company of Ghana has been taxed to renegotiate contracts with independent power producers whose contracts nearing expirations, uh, but under a new regime, uh, that discourages the take-or-pay arrangements. We'll hear from him shortly. Uh, but first, though, the World Bank Country Director, Pierre Laporte, has been speaking about these contracts and says that uh, they are just too expensive for the country. Our projects that we bring are very long-term concessional lending. Okay? And, uh, for instance, uh, Ghana as a low-income country borrows uh, at terms that are mostly, actually they are concessional, okay, over 35 percent grant element, long term 35, 40 years. We have a few, a few windows now that are less concessional, but you know, this is at the discretion of governments. But in the overall scheme of things, we don't do lending that got, gets countries in trouble. Mm-hmm. What gets countries in trouble is when sometimes uh, short-term lending, uh, like high domestic lending that happened in Ghana, or some of the bonds sometimes are not so cheap. And uh, I must say there, yes, yeah. there was a World Bank uh, guarantee. guarantee. Bond. And, and that's what I... I yeah, yeah, okay, okay. government to go yeah, out did, and borrow. We did, and we, we that did, did in that time. No, this is not what you were... This is one of the... One of a small drop of water in, in the big bucket, right? So... Yes, with hindsight, when we look at it, we feel that uh, maybe it's not something that we should have done in the way we did. But at the time, uh, it was the only way to allow, without that, Ghana could not access resources. But it's a lesson that we've learned. It's uh, first to say that Ghana, World Bank, will honor its commitment and pay off the guarantee, which we've already done. You've done already? We've done already. For the euro bonds? Yeah, we've we've, uh, we've settled... uh, as the, as the coupons will come, we will pay. We've already, in writing, the board has approved for us to fully pay the, the that, uh, $400 million yeah. guarantee okay. out of a $1 billion bond. And then Ghana will have to pay back over time, and we've offered some terms that we feel are reasonable for both sides for Ghana to repay. Um, then, uh, other than that, I, mm. I cannot say that uh, World Bank borrowing is, uh, has got Ghana anywhere now.
The Deputy Minister for Energy, Andrea Japamesa, has been speaking to John News uh, today, indicating that the country is heading for another power crisis. Now, this is the big picture. About half of Ghana's capacity to generate power is provided by independent power producers. Many of the deals we've signed with these producers are what we call take or pay. What does that mean? It means that as long as the power producer's equipment is there and is available and ready and working, whether we take power from them or not, we pay them. Currently, on average, we're spending around about $15, $16 million a month on each of them, whether or not we take power from these producers. That's the situation. And the bill has been racking up. Our sources in the current ongoing negotiations between ECG and IPPs tells us that the bill is almost at two billion US dollars. Please think about that. Two billion US dollars. We've gone begging for three billion US dollars from the IMF. So we don't have that money. But we owe it. And they have given government an ultimatum. By the end of this month, if they don't pay 20% of that outstanding bill, they'll switch off. That's half of our capacity will switch off. We certainly don't want that to happen. So our conversation today is to figure out how to avoid that. What's the situation? How did we get here? And how are we getting out of it? All right? Churchill. Well, so, uh, could you have Andrea Japamesa here, who's the uh, Deputy Energy Minister. Orabu Mesa, good morning, and thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure to be here. Great. So, I, I know you have the Energy Sector Recovery uh, Program, okay, where you promised us from 2019 to 2023, your target was to put the power sector in a financial viability status. What's happened? Why are we here today having this conversation? Well, let me say good morning to um, our cherished listeners and, of course, those who are watching us on your social media platforms and my colleague um, John and my senior brother, uh, Mr. Awachi. Obviously, the ESRP program was a 30-item program that needed to be implemented between 2018 and 2023. Uh, feeling which a business as usual, not doing anything situation, would have yielded a debt of about 12. I believe six billion US dollars. Yes. And so the interventions that were introduced was intended to significantly reduce that business as usual position to about 5.2 billion. As we speak, I know that we are in the region of about 6.1, 6.2. What it means is that. The ESRP implementation has significantly impacted the outcome or the outlook that we're looking at to the level where we are today. Some of the 30 item program has been completed. Some are in progress. And so that's where we are. And we are actually in the process of reviewing the ESRP document consistent with the IMF program so that the ESRP can be extended to 2026 to try and bring some sanity within the energy sector space. So, yes, we are on course. We haven't achieved all the targets yet, but significantly you can see that uh, the ESRP program, the introduction of the cash waterfall mechanism, natural gas clearinghouse, and several other initiatives that is outlined in the document, some on the power sector, some on the gas front, and also some regulatory 
uh, including the full cost recovery and, and several other items, have significantly impacted the, the position. As well, the opposition National Democratic Congress says, meanwhile, fighting back on these claims, accusing uh, the World Bank country rep, Pierre Laporte, of uh, doing a poor job. The Member of Parliament for Pro East in the Bono East region, Dr. Kovanado, of course, uh, then Par Minister, and uh, has been challenging uh, these claims. Uh, but are the IPPs ready? for a renegotiation of the pay, uh, pay, uh, take or pay uh, situation. Joining us now for more is uh, Eli Klim Afetokbo, his chief executive officer of the Independent Power Producers. Uh, thank you, sir, for your time. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering, listening to uh, the Deputy Minister now, would you say that your stance has changed as IPPs on the appeal that you made to government some time ago about the outstanding payments to be settled immediately? Or, or you still want some more time, uh, at least for government, to, to settle your debt? Afternoon to you and the listeners. Uh, in the first place, uh, let me state that our conditions or severity of our situation is something that cannot be negotiated. Uh, we have done everything possible to keep to manage the situation, but it has gone beyond our control. So, really, nothing has changed. Our ultimatum to government that is the June thirtieth. It's still standing. We cannot overstretch ourselves. We cannot stretch ourselves beyond June 30th. Interesting. And I just want to pick up on, on the statement you made earlier when, when you came out with the initial announcement on this. You, you indicated that, quote, regrettably, uh, we must stress that unless we receive the uh, payments, power or, I mean, production of power cannot be guaranteed, unquote. Uh, what's that supposed to mean? That, that you shut down your plants? Is that basically what you're indicating? Exactly so. Uh, we cannot guarantee, that is to say that you cannot run an empty engine. So if the cash flow is not available, it's practically impossible for us to operate the power plants. But how bad is your situation, really? And I'm just wondering what the alternatives are. For now, it's about government providing you with the, with the cash. But if the cash is not available and government guarantees uh, other factors, uh, i.e. Your, the, the terms for your loans and, and others, will that go a long way in at least averting this looming crisis that we're looking at? Now, let me uh, come in this way on the impacts you know very well that we are private investors operating on lenders' funds or borrowed funds. Government has that luxury of privilege to go to its lenders and plead for mercy or plead for, for debt forgiveness. But for us as IPPs, we do not have that privilege. We cannot tell our lenders or creditors any story. That is the challenging situation we find ourselves in. So, uh, I would say government really need to do something to avert this possible crisis. Uh, okay, uh, let's look at it this way. Uh, government is constrained in terms of uh, the financial requirements. Um, you know that we are running the austerity plan with the International Monetary Fund, and then uh, of course, there are constraints in that regard. Are you mindful of all of this? We are very mindful of it. 
but you know this is purely a situation that could be avoided you know the cash waterfall was set up to provide some level of liquidity in the sector but i can tell you for a year plus we do not know as ipps or stakeholders what happens to the cash waterfall we don't know how much comes in we don't know how much is shared the revenue that comes in as something that you you will not imagine so we don't really know. We set up institutions at the end of the day, collapse it ourselves, then turn around to create stories that do not help the situation. Okay, but, but then uh, you've also been accused by experts of taking advantage of the take-or-pay situation. Uh, some experts claiming that, uh, of course, you make significant profits whenever you produce power that is not being used, for instance. You still get paid for it. So you can make up for the profits that you've made over the period. How about that? <laughs> I disagree with that assertion. It's purely lack of understanding or lack of knowledge about how it works. You know, when you take any power purchase agreement, which is usually between, uh, let me say, a distribution utility and an IPP, basically we are talking about sharing of risks. The seller has its own risk to protect. The buyer also has its own risk to protect or mitigate. That is exactly what happens in the power purchase agreement. The take-or-pay contract, as you mentioned, is not a bad contract. What it means is that if I'm available, I have contracted loans to build the power plant for you based on your own demand plan. Based on your own demand plan, based on which I provide the capacity that you require. So if I am available and you are not ready to take it, you must compensate me so that I will be able to generate the required cash flow and pay my lenders when it becomes due. The same way, when the off-taker ECJ is available to receive power from me and I am not able to generate, ECJ has the right, the risk mitigation measure, to surcharge me or charge me for not being able to deliver that power. That is how it works. It's just unfortunate that at this point in time, it is in my favor. It doesn't mean that it is against the off-taker. Yeah, but how so does, that, that, how does that make business sense? Uh, apologies for using that word. Uh, when, of course, you are paying for power or energy we haven't used. That, that's the average you know, concern. Before you procure any generation capacity, for instance, in our country, we have energy commission that does the demand plan in uh, collaboration with ECG. Meaning they know what they need. They foresee the demand, the future demand, and for that matter, come out with the capacity that can be contracted. That is why you cannot just get up to say that I need 500 megawatts, I need 200 megawatts. Is there the demand for it? Is there the market for it? If you procure more than what you require, you will end up paying for what you have not used. That is the situation we are finding ourselves. But I am very sure ECG and EC has done a good job by doing a demand plan. Is that that maybe our system are not able to uh, put the energy that is generated to good use? We have institutions in the country right now that do not have access to the power requirement. A case, a case in point is a beef company that requires about over 100 megawatts of power, but getting less than 10% of that requirement. What are we doing to? make good use of the energy. Okay, the so you mean to say that, that the, the demand is still as high as we, we speak? It's, it's not the case yes, that, right. that... So th this exactly. is about prioritization on the part of ECG and others within the supply chain. But how about 
uh, the concerns owing to the Ghanaian taxpayer. Uh, the fact that we're pumping money into places that we do not necessarily need. Well, what, what, you, are, what you said is, is right. Like I've said, we need to exert more pressure on the, the one that is supposed to make available the generated power to those who are in need of it. Otherwise, the taxpayers' money, as you said, is going to pay for what they said, uh, how do you call it, free money, what they call free money to the IPPs. Uh, so you mean to say this, this may be the fault of ECG instead? I, 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 I can confirm that, that they can do more. How so? Uh, because from the ministerial perspective, the belief is that some sort of auditing should take place. And that's in line with the conditionalities uh, that we're running with the International Monetary Fund uh, for possibly a relooking to some of these take-or-pay arrangements. Are you open to that? Oh, we are open to any kind of audit. I can tell you that these things have happened time and again. Auditing of our invoices. Let me tell you, it's just a strategy to buy time. But all the same, they have every right to do so. But the issue is that the consequences of any further delay cannot be averted if that is a strategy to delay payment to us. Oh, you feel this is part of the strategy to, to delay payment and, and that your uh, 30th June deadline may not be met. You feel that's what government is doing? Exactly. But, but it's contained in the IMF documentation, isn't it, that um, all of these agreements do not necessarily bring some sort of value for money, a reason for which government may have to carry out this, this exercise. Why link that to a deliberate plan by government to, to not to pay the funds? I don't really see the justification for that. Even before the IMF came out with this approval to release the funds to government, we have had several meetings with the IMF team, to the extent that even they themselves said that government is not in a position to produce even one single figure as the total indebtedness to the sector. It was also interesting to know that for us as IPP, we have regular reconciliation with our partner ECG, so our books are in good position, leaving no doubt. The last meeting with the finance minister, what uh, were the terms in terms of what you concluded on the timelines of the payment and, and how many of your members are due in terms of, in terms of uh, the, the quantum? All those are commercial issues or private issues that I, would, I wouldn't like to talk about. Yeah, but you can speak to the fact that indeed you met the finance minister. There were some agreements. Well, we, we, that, we, that, yes, we had an engagement right. with the finance ministry. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm asking about, about the timelines that we're giving, the firm assurances, and this all issue about a possible audit come up. Like I said, there are private commercial issues that varies with individual IPPs. I wouldn't like to comment on that. But collectively speaking, you, you agree um, that some auditing has to take place which will then allow government to meet the deadline. That's why I'm asking if you got the firm assurance. At, lo- at least you're not disclosing which of the organizations, but did you get that clear sense of timeline from the minister and an assurance that the payments will be made by the 30th of June? Honestly, we didn't get any clearance on that. Mm. 
Okay, uh, but then uh, as, uh, as we move on going into the future, you just have uh, a couple of days to go, about 25 roughly. Uh, if the payments are not made available, uh, and first of all, update us on the figures. Once you update us on the figures, if the payments are not made available, what then is likely to happen? I have indicated from the beginning that uh, we have overstretched ourselves. What we are able to do is what can carry us to the end of June and cannot go beyond. So, uh, let me say the, the, the position stands. There is nothing we could do about it. We have cases in the past where by any time we are pressed with time, we approach government in this manner. Government will come in and make some small payment to us. Then we will go back and say that, oh, let's keep the faith. But I think this case, we have serious cases in hand. Most of our IPPs have defaulted in their loan repayment, their creditors here and there, pursuing them. The kind of facilities we have with these private lenders, it is, if it is about one month to the time, you will start receiving reminders that failure to pay your loan or your loan on due dates, these are the penal clauses for what we have signed for, which we do not have any option. And most of us are defaulted. And this is the case, that the situation we, we found ourselves in. Mm. Well, what would you say to any Ghanaian, an average Ghanaian out there who says, okay, if our powers go out or if there's blackout, we blame the IPPs for it? This is not something that we uh, expect to happen, but let me say it's a communal labor. Let everyone join hands to impress on government to make the monies available to us to keep our lives on. Hmm. Okay, that's a, a clear enough message. Alikrima Fetogo, thank you for spending some time with us here. Thank uh, you very much. Wonderful, grateful. You're watching the Pulse on the Journey channel. Uh, when we get back, we'll bring you a number of stories, including what's happening uh, to oil production. There's a likelihood that with the cuts in oil production, uh, it may impact the Ghanaian economy. Uh, we'll uh, talk about that shortly. But we can also hear from, uh, of course, the former uh, energy uh, minister uh, or minister for power, Dr. Kornad uh, Donko, who is challenging uh, the World Bank country director. We brought in the Ameri power plant, as you recall, as an emergency power plant. The emergency power Ameri plant had a capital recovery cost of 0.055 dollars per kilowatt hour for year one to five and then it had a capital recovery price of zero us dollar from year six to year 20. therefore for its 20 year lifespan minimum lifespan the levelized capital recovery was 0 0.2377 dollars for comparison we'll take the sonon asogli power plant phase one which we call sap sap one the capital recovery was initially zero 0.0523 negotiated in 2007 
This was later renegotiated down to 0.0395 when the phase 2 and 3 were being added during the John Mahama regime, during the period of emergency. If we take the TICO, Takrad International Company, the tariff or the capital recovery there was 0 0.0365 in 2007. Jacobson, which is one of the plants and one of the IPPs, not emergency, the IPPs brought in in 2014, the capital recovery was 0 0.03788, again lower than Sonas Ugly Phase 1. And this was brought in 2014. TT2PP, which is Thema Plant 2 Power Plant, owned by VRA, has a capital recovery of 0 0.0309. These are higher than the, for the average. It is important to raise these issues because the World Bank Group Country Director created the impression that all the power purchase agreements signed under the Jomama regime were higher, expensive, and in his way contributed towards the challenges of the power sector today. I wish the country director had gone a bit back or gotten his researchers to look at the holistic picture. The country director also talked, talked about take or pay agreements that the Mahama government contracted a number of take or pay agreements. It is interesting that since the Mahama government left office at the end of 2016, every single power purchase agreement or indeed fuel purchase agreement, the Tema LNG project, has had a take or pay component. Take or pay, take or pay is a reality in our situation because of confidence. A 330 megawatt combined cycle plant on the average will cost about $500 million in our sub-region. Is the country director of World Bank saying that the IFC, International Finance Corporation, which is an arm of the World Bank, are they saying they will fund a project worth $500 million and not demand a guarantee or an offtake agreement? In developing country scenarios, especially in our part of the world with instability, no investor is going to put $500 million in a plant in your country and say pay only when you take the power. Other than that, we must always remember that for power plants, 
and for normal international business projects, project finance is 30% equity, 70% loan debt. That is the normal ratio, 30 equity, 70 debt. How are you going to serve the debt if revenue will come in only when there is uptake of power? And that is why there is a capital recovery or capacity charge. When the plant does not run and the plant is not faulty, there are conditions set up in each contract. Once the plant is available and it's not running, you are not taking the full cost. If it's not running, it's not consuming fuel. Fuel is the biggest single cost in running a plant. There's, you only take your capital recovery, which enables you service the facility. And that is why a new AXA agreement has been signed by this government. They signed an interim one when the AXA five-year contract lapsed. The interim one had a take or pay. The new one for the AXA plant in Kumasi has take or pay. The new PPA for the AXA plant in Tema has take or pay. The Tema LNG project is a take or pay 20 year project contracted by this government. It is not for nothing because investors will want to be assured that there is going to be a revenue flow that their investment will not lie idle with no revenue. No project can get to uh, financial closure without the funders being sure that there will be revenue flow to service the facility. And so I am quite surprised that the country director of the World Bank will make such aspersions without examining the reality. What's the reality? I want to bring in now Dr. Yusuf Sulaimana, who is an energy policy uh, strategist. Thank you uh, for spending some time with us. So, uh, a divided uh, opinion on this matter. Some say take or pay is helpful. Uh, others believe it's part of the problems that we face now. But looking at the landscape, our capacity demand and where we are now in terms of our energy needs, would you say that the take or pay um, is indeed the way to go, Doc? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, blessed and good afternoon to you and your cherished viewers. Um, um, it's, it's, um, it's just unfortunate that I have to enter in this, into this conversation uh, when it's taking political dimension. Um, 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 it's, 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 you know, whenever it takes such a dimension, it vitiates, you know, a right judgment. However, I mean, we still have to talk about it. Mm. Um, if you look at um, what brought about, you know, this, this kind of uh, uh, agreement in the first place, you see, if you don't have alternative, uh, uh, blessed, and then you are pressed, nobody can tell you that, I mean, nobody can tell me that, I mean, take or pay is better than take and pay. Oh. I mean, take and pay will always give you strategic advantage, you know, but like I listened to the minister quite well, and he's right in some areas, in, in a way that, I mean, there are some clauses, there are some areas where take and pay or take or pay, you know, 
it could be could be used you know especially when the supply is just constrained and sometimes even this the the requester i mean the one who is the off taker sometimes will request that i need equal pay because i want to secure you know the product or i want to secure the commodity so in that instances you know take and pay or uh, take take or pay is just what is okay and that one has to be an agreement between the buyer and then the seller mm-hmm. and I, I i mentioned again that usually the buyer sometimes will even ask for it because he wants security of the product but what was our situation our situation was that i mean we were just pressed <laughs> i mean if you look at the time that it happened that, 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 that was the reality at the time when, when we're facing all of the energy crisis but for That's how right. long will this persist? That's the question. The, um, of course, uh, former power minister indicating there that even the new crisis, but for That's how right. long will this persist? That's the question. The, um, of course, uh, former power minister indicating there that even the new... Other countries now, you our top, top levels, South Africans, you know, they are also human beings a very good one, bless. And that's why I was uh, just uh, moving myself, gravitating mm. to. And uh, it's good you made that interjection. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That I, I was just trying to paint an argument that it's not so many even request for that. I don't. I struggle to find. I, I struggle to uh, you know to find a justification why we should still push ourselves into uh, take or pay. At the end of the day, you the off taker, unless you are phenomenal efficient to make sure that I mean you your power availability is there that you can always take advantage of the situation and run it continuously and which is not possible with respect to the inherent inefficiency that we have with our infrastructure we can have that so there's always bound to be that capacity charges so i still maintain that going forward this take or pay contracts we have to look into it we have to look into them i mean the contracts we have to look into them and make sure that if there's a possibility of actual renegotiating to stand to be competitive then we have to do that however if the renegotiation process will compound the issue, because my understanding is that the information I'm picking is that some of the, some of the power purchase agreement that they try to renegotiate, we, are, we ended up compounding the situation. Mm-hmm. That way, we can't, we, we can't live with that. So, yes, I stand by the point that, or I, 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 I'm of the view that we can go for renegotiation if to, if, if to grant us competitive advantage. And yes, and if there's any new contract that is going to be signed, let's put all things on, 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 on to bed. We don't have any. Too, we don't have that too much pressure on us. If it is the finances that the former minister is talking about, they can only be a way out. So at this moment in time, I, I will not support the idea of going for any mm. take or pay okay. because that will only device It will not deliver competitive yeah, advantage. Here's the situation. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're still finding ourselves in that desperate position. Um, in just about 25 days, the IPPs may withdraw services if funding is not made available. Um, the decision to going for building plants is a long-term capital project, which we can't fulfill. I'm not sure in the next three or four years. You tell us, though. So between, between a rock and a hard place, that, that's where we find ourselves now. What's your recommendation in terms of the approach the finance minister ought to use at this moment? Satisfy the IPPs with a take or pay, or we go off for some time, go back to the dark days of doom so, and look for a sustainable means, which will be possibly building a plant which you take us away about four years or more that's where we find ourselves now yes that's very interesting i doubt if just that we need to build new plants uh, uh, blessed okay. we have the infrastructure available we just need to be efficient the brain of our problem is the fact that we are not efficient i'll take you back to um, this world bank recommendation if they look at the recommendation that they gave 
uh, where they asked, they recommended that we have to liberalize or to diversify or in a, in a, in a, a better way to allow private sector participation into the power sector. After they didn't single out only the generations aspect of it. They also included distribution aspect of it. And like I already mentioned on this, your platform, I mean, this power, you know, uh, 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 value streams, the generation distribution and then the transmission, they are so intricately linked. And so if there's an inherent inefficiencies in any of the stages, the cascading impact on the other stage is going to be dire. And so we can't say we are so pressed that we have to go to people pay and compound the problem. It will compound the problem, undoubtedly. What we need to do is to be efficient. And we have to be efficient in every value stream that we find ourselves. In this case, I will always come to the distribution aspect of it. They recommended that we, we diversify, I mean, we liberalize, you know, this aspect as well. But we couldn't do that. I mean, for whatever, for what of a better reason, we didn't do that. And you saw the kind of inefficiency that we have. And we always resort to the fact that increment in tariffs is the panacea to solve our problems. And I always say that is not the panacea we have. And we always resort to the fact that increment in tariffs is the panacea to solving our problems. And I always say that is not the panacea. Phenomenal inefficient in all these processes, especially the distribution arm of it. That is where the cash flow, that is where the money comes from. Why why is the IPP complaining? Because the, the supply so are trying to grab. And what may complicate yeah, and, and what may complicate the situation is the impending audit of the agreement itself. So even as renegotiation may take place, the audit has to start first. And the IPPs are not taking that. If that moves beyond the end of the month. The power still go off. It has to start first. And the IPPs are not taking that. If that moves beyond the end of the month, the power still go off. Enemy. Edema League na Yepono. Adentina say Banasa. What was our businessmen? I mean the 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 they are in to make profits. Um so but I just want to believe that I, I want to urge them, you know, to sit down with the policymakers of the day. You know, but we have to look and have Dumso because Dumso is not a, it's not anything that any Ghanaian will wish for at this moment in time. Yeah. Certainly not a place I would want to go back to. But anyway, uh, we're grateful uh, for your time. We'll wait to see what the outcome of the engagements will be. Dr. Yusuf Suleimana uh, joining us uh, with his specialist thoughts on this matter. But uh, in the energy sector as well, Saudi Arabia, as we understand, is cutting oil production by one million barrels a day in a bit to uh, prop up oil prices. The announcement was made after a meeting of OPEC group, uh, plus group of producers in uh, Vienna yesterday. In response to the announcement, uh, crude prices have experienced some sharp surge reaching new heights in the global market. The West uh, Texas, of course, is selling uh, and soared to some $73 and $27 per barrel, uh, reflecting a substantial increase uh, similar to the Brent crude oil recording a significant rise, uh, reaching some $77.64 per barrel. So what does that mean for the Ghanaian market, for instance? I want to bring in uh, policy analyst Peter Tepe, who's also uh, watching the figures closely. You've been paying attention to that. It has some level of implication, not just for um, the transport sector, even the energy sector will suffer from this. 
And you're watching the figures. What, what do they tell us? And what's the implication for a country such as Ghana? Thank you very much. Indeed, this is not um, uh, good news for Ghana because um, we are actually coming out of a situation where we're hoping that we will recover, I mean, as an economy. But unfortunately, um, we, 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 we're hearing these things. And these are some of the things that we cannot avoid because we don't have control over it. The reason is that our, I mean, forest reserves are highly depleted. And we know that one of the areas that causes the depreciation of the city is when demand is high. And of course, because of the level of import, of we almost importing all the, I mean, toll is down. So all the petroleum products we are using now, we are importing, which, which means that Ghana will have to look for more forex to be able to buy. And once you, the demand for forex goes up, of course, then it will have impact on the price and other pumps. And so what we have to then look at as, as a nation, because we import almost everything that we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are actually consuming, then we have to look at an alternative. And I think that the good for, I mean, oil, I mean, policy that government brought, we have to look at how we can streamline it to benefit the Ghanaian. Yeah, so unfortunately, that unfortunately that, that's, not, that's not happening anytime soon. Uh, you take a look at the IMF conditionality and that policy may have to be reviewed. So, uh, that will be a challenge for us, you agree? Yeah, it will be a challenge, but IMF also, IMF also knows that in as much as they are coming in to help us, the situation is going to make the, 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 the situation worse off. And so, if the, if, the, if the reason why you are coming to help us is not to make us worse off, and there are conditions of which will bring that situation, then of course, then you have to also look at your conditions, because how will Ghana mobilize forex to be able to import? The sources of importation, the source of importing crude, of course, we all know that we need to go to the market to look for forex to buy. Unfortunately, we cannot go to the international market as we used to do to borrow or to get effects. Our reserves is currently less than three months of import cover, very low. And we are consuming this, we are consuming about $400 million even a month. That's actually how much we need to be able to stay afloat because we can't afford to get the economy to run to a halt when there's no crude product or oil in the country. And so this is a very significant or sensitive aspect of running the country such that we cannot afford to run out. And so definitely IMF, since they are coming in to support, they will not let us west off. And that is the reason why I'm saying that we have to look at an alternative policy. An alternative policy we have is, of course, is the oil for gold policy. Of IMF want to cancel it, there could be a reason why they want to cancel it. So how do we restructure it such that it will benefit the Ghanaians? Yeah, at least they're, they're not the ones asking that we cancel that uh, as conditions precedent. Of course, the Ministry of Finance has signed that agreement, an MOU with the Bank of Ghana, indicating that there will be strict zero financing. So that arrangement alone knocks us off the market in terms of running um, the gold for oil policy. It's not happening soon. It may not happen anytime soon. We were looking at the current circumstances. That is what we say that it's not happening soon. But I am saying that looking at the circumstances in which we find ourselves now as a nation, we need support from IMF. There are conditions that we have to meet. If the conditions is going to make the country worse off, assuming that Ghana cannot mobilize efforts or forex to import crude and prices keep going up and everything comes to a halt, 
what is the benefit of the IMFM? That is why I'm saying that, of course, the policies are made to be complied with, but when circumstances change, then, of course, you need to go back and revise and see how you can calibrate the process or the policies or the conditions to be able to help you, I mean, run the economy. And that is the most important. Yeah, but, but I, why, I just wonder, why focus on the precious metal when we have options upstream? Are you ruling that out? The options we have upstream, we all know that our production capacity has not been as expected for some time now. And so even if we should bring all that we are producing to even consume, how are we going to do that? Because toy is down. That is why we need to be very intentional in looking at some of our strategic I mean, uh, assets, such like toy. Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot, what day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Go outside and look for fun, but of course, now looking at the condition, it will be very difficult for an investor to come in to say they are supporting you with funds. That is why we need to look at the aspect with this. There's prudent in the past. Mm. And for some, this is just a... Funds. That is why we need to look at the aspect with this. There's prudent in the past. Mm. And for some, this is just a... No, 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 Ref, you know, Jinan Fifre Gadgets sent us no Sadimica, no Abijanini and Chang, as he saw Masuka and Yaguma. Only the data Ghana force, Yakofa Refuse Gadgets and Yapa, and Yaguma say, Yeah, to Masuda Muntinum, ye, because some woman who use your refuse are not using it. They can't even use it well. Woman, my young who said, Yeah, Juma, because Sadimica and Robert Touchline, and one in the refuse, and they said, Dinkomo, said the Omujina Huacasana, Sanity. It is a year, Juma. Mumia who say yeah, Juma, refuse gadgets now, mwa krasa muko toyo, say di chemu, se mwasuna mukra yo, seti se yo, and si so masu de biana, omudi jarasu kumano, se nye juma, mumia use nye juma. A lot of bad decisions. Our season wemuno and I'm a gana ligno. Probably with a search or otherwise. The 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 honest thing is that because of the way things are going now, you cannot predict what Popek will come out with because you see. Good one. What would you advise the general public? Well, for me, the outlook is that the general public must just, I mean, prepare for, I mean, uncertain things. On uncertain things. The reason is that we can we can get up tomorrow, and then the prices can go up that we do not expect. And so, of course, uh, nobody can also have tanks in his or her home and go and buy fuel and be storing. What we can do is for us to be able to prepare our minds, prepare our, I mean, if you are business and you are running and you need fuel or you need plant or you have a plant, then of course you need to start looking at how to uh, be planning for some um, reserves so that you will use it in times of difficulty. That's the only way out. Other than that, now nobody can predict anything anymore because anything at all can happen in a day. Okay. We'll leave it here for now. Uh, Peter Tepper, policy analyst, uh, joining us.
on the latest developments in, in terms of the crude prices. But uh, there's a lot of developments uh, even regarding what's happening uh, to geopolitics because 19 countries uh, around the world are seeking to form an alliance with Russia in creating a common currency for international trade and other related financial uh, transactions. The Russian government is seeking to counterweight the West by leveraging on its traditional allies in a bid to find an economic lifeline as sanctions over the country's war with Ukraine continues to bite at. Over the weekend, foreign ministers from Russia, Brazil, India and China were hosted by the South African government in a bid to deepen ties in spite of the Western-led attempt to sanction Russia over its aggression against Ukraine. Uh, Sergei Lavrov, who is the Russian uh, foreign minister, says the move will try and transform uh, geopolitics around the world. We discuss this uh, issue and I did discuss it with the minister from Saudi Arabia this morning. Uh, as regards the approach of BRICS, it is still being shaped, it's evolving. Uh, and the Sherpas reported to us uh, about the results they reached at this stage. And the chair authorized them to continue after they have listened to comments uh, which were made by each of us at the meeting. BRICS uh, is a different uh, structure. It's a new organization based on the principles of equality, mutual respect. Uh, is a different uh, structure. It's a new organization based on the principles of equality, mutual respect, consensus, non-interference, and strict adherence to the United Nations Charter to all its principles in their strict adherence to the United Nations Charter, to all its principles in in the Charter for this particular situation and then to do the opposite for another situation. In the Charter for this particular situation and then to do the opposite for another situation. We can also recall in 2022 when China chaired the BRICS, um, the uh, meetings or dialogues uh, of the uh, BRICS Plus was held. The uh, steps for the furthering of the uh, expansion of the BRICS, and uh, we are happy to see that uh, more and more countries express their willingness to join us uh, in the BRICS family. Uh, for China, we welcome uh, the uh, intention of those countries to join the BRICS, and we expect more countries to join our big family. Well, let's get uh, more on this. Uh, Isaac Ophiaje's uh, data analyst here at Join News. Uh, he's been looking at the uh, figures. And Isaac, we know traditionally the BRICS to be um, traditionally four countries, mm -hmm. I should say, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Why are we having more countries uh, to the tune of 19 seeking to join this alliance in forming a new currency? Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge. Now, let's hear what your dog has to say. As a dog, I think Progressive's auto pet policy is... Oh, what is that? That's just my tail. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, Progressive protects... There it is again. See? 
This is why I need protection. I'm so distracted. <laughs> nope, that is still my tail. Progressive Auto Insurance covers pets for up to $1,000 in a car accident at no extra charge. And we think your dog would say that's great, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Force that all these countries, it tells you that countries have been wanting this for a very long time. And now that they... Energy drink. And if you feed the app, no, download the good phone. So, oh, you fire and you create more fire. Oh, you fire and you create more fire. Countries. So, these, all these countries feel that it is now time to move on. It is now time to move, you know, on from this Western, you know, situation and all of that deal of about that's how crucial it is and and the fact that you have china and you know russia and india involved it's a bingo for for these countries okay well, here in ghana we're very much concerned about a country such as china joining this alliance because um, when you look at our figures highest trading partner mm-hmm. uh, and in fact when it comes to our debts external debts we're talking about china being in the lead mm-hmm. as compared to the other parts how is this likely to impact countries such as ghana uh, that are heavily reliant on capital from China, for instance. I think in Ghana, we've made it very clear that we are not aligned. We, are, we continue to do trade with different countries and blocks as long as it's, it is you know, beneficial to us. So I don't think Ghana is going to align either to the West or to BRICS, but they will put in place measures to make sure that we benefit from But there will be implications for us. There will be implications because you can't be in the middle forever. You definitely would have to take probably a predominant side or have to be on one side. Dr. Rick here with another telltale sign you're turning into your parents, getting particular about your drive through order. Don't pull away yet. I like to check the bag because one time they forgot to give me extra ketchup. People are waiting. Hmm, I'm only seeing four nuggets. Wait, nope, there's five. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Uh, sort of also crucial. If you talk about countries having reserves, they hold reserves in the U.S. in the U.S. dollars. Even Russia, Russia that you know received this magnitude of sanctions, they had their bank reserves of about 300 billion U.S. dollars frozen because of the sanctions that U.S. plays on them. So the whole idea is to end the dollar dominance. So if you have, you know, Saudi Arabia because of the sanctions that U.S. plays on them. So the whole idea is to end the dollar dominance. So if you have, you know, Saudi Arabia. Our lender door, rest of honor. And you have to you have to Nothing. What you do? Now they for me for Benghazi, Benghazi, the original guy, Ebenezer Tete, or a super guy, what? But who do GIGY? They decide not to export or import in with the dollar, then it simply means that the US is losing their their sanctioning power that they are able to closely because how will this play out and what will be the implications for countries such as Ghana? Okay, uh, good afternoon to you and your viewers and listeners. Uh, this development is interesting because of the current geopolitical space we, found, uh, we find ourselves. So I think what these countries are essentially trying to do is to create an alternative to the dollar that has been used as a weapon of control over 
various economies and even use as a weapon of sanction. So when you are able to create an alternative currency where you can trade among yourself without necessarily relying on the dollar, you are virtually winning yourself off U.S. influence. For instance, if you look at... The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Trading is not in dollars. It will be difficult to enforce some of the, the sanctions that have been imposed upon uh, Russia. So, virtually, what these countries are seeking to do, of course, it is also a map of uh, countries trying to readjust their strategies and refocus and uh, be, be more uh, resilient within the geopolitical space that we we are currently in. For a country such as Ghana, be, be more uh, resilient within the geopolitical space that we we are currently in. For a country such as Ghana, the new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Positive for us in the sense that one of the problems we have faced is the dollarization of how we so country. Yeah, you themselves when they are financially in the downturn. So it may offer the opportunity for us to see how we could diversify uh, once we create that international system, decision making will be more collaborative. It will take into account the interests of all the partners that are involved. So it, it is more uh, of something that we, we can benefit from than uh, the dollar that can at least dominate okay. our, 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 our so, system. So here's the case. Uh, in the wake of the Russian-Ukraine war, um, Putin is under siege, um, of course, with... with uh, the Western-led sanctions. Uh, the, the, one would wonder why all of these countries are increasing their yeah. alliance with Russia, uh, which is very, facing serious sanctions around the world. Uh, well, uh, the, the point is that there are various interpretations of this particular Russian-Ukraine war. Well, uh, the, the point is that there are various interpretations of this particular the new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. 
The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. It is the activity of... Ask Multimedia Ghana to play Adam FM. And no, no, no. And son of Bubu Samano. And Insha FM, ne Asempa FM. Omu nina also. Okay, and you may go up for Triashe. I mean, she said, it's me, I am an Ma, it's Zibano Hana. Oh, yeah, what's up? It means, let's say, yeah, the situation. It makes differences with the US. So if, with the US. So if, if one of them, like Russia, is being treated uh, the way it is as, 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 the, as the process unfolds. Of um, not the decision, but, but the fixation now will be on South Africa. Uh, why have an African country in the midst of all these uh, geopolitics? It's as though uh, we're drawing some sort of a new Cold War closer to the continent. That's not healthy for us, is it? Uh, you, you, you need to understand South African uh, 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 foreign policy. Uh, between Russia and, and South Africa, uh, when South Africa was battling apartheid, uh, the Russians, the Chinese were more sympathetic to their cause. So sometimes historical antecedents play a role in how countries relate to certain actors within the international system. So uh, you, you realize that the U.S. took a very long time to even uh, 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 come on board to push apartheid out of, out of the system. So you, you have to understand that, yes, well, it may appear as if they are drawing uh, 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 a sort of full world policies uh, onto the African continent. It is important that countries will not necessarily uh, align their foreign policy based on certain preconceptions uh, of uh, this is better than this one. It is all dependent on your historical uh, 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 antecedent, it depends on your current situation and what you think is best for you. Uh, South Africa has been a member of BRICS and of course it's, this, it's future that are tied to this group. So therefore, if the group is taking a decision of this magnitude, uh, it is important that uh, I think that Africa be represented of course, BRICS does not necessarily make Chinese control. If you look at the BRICS group, indeed, it's a very diversified group. For instance, China and India do not always think from the same hymn book. But when it comes to issues that tie them together, they may think from the same hymn book. So while Brits may represent a common denominator for them, it does not always mean that their foreign policy will be aligned to a particular uh, support of, of, of Russia. But it also means that uh, they are looking at where their interests lie in future, in the sense that these are growing powers, also that, well, perhaps... Uh, there is this attempt to prevent uh, one of them from taking a center stage. Therefore, maybe it's an indication of what may happen in the future. So, yes, we are already in a situation where the, the globe is uh, fragmented and polarized. And therefore, we will see, as I said, more of this realignment okay. of, 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 of powers to try to take advantage or protect mm. their own interests when they deem it fit. Okay, then. Uh, grateful for your time. Uh, Dr. Ishmael Hover, uh, there, uh, unpacking the issues for us. But let's not lose sight over the impact of the European Union and, and, and of course, uh, multilateral platforms such as the IMF and the World Bank. Well, a lot of countries now believe the IMF is more or less an extension of a Western power because in 1944, when it was established, 
the U.S. was a leading force and is currently the biggest shareholder of the world. But we keep going back there anyway. Absolutely, because that's where we can get, you know, cheaper loans. Mm -hmm. But even if you look at Ghana's situation, for instance, in our quest to do an external debt restructuring, it took us two BRICS countries, China, India, to come on board before we were able to get the IMF program. So just like Doc said, probably you don't have to align, but you need to have a fantastic game plan. Mm. If, without a game plan, mm. you know, you can be forced or pushed to align yourself, but you don't need to align. You just need to watch the situation carefully, devise a plan or a game plan, and make sure that you are able to deal with this, whether the West or BRICS. But, but make sure just, just compare over the period, the, the amounts we've, we've gained, for instance, from... from that tilting towards the West mm. and the East. When that comparison is made, where are we likely to, to, to be leaning towards? Well, 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 then let me put it this way. So okay. If, in, if in you look context. at single countries that yes. we go, for instance, mm -hmm. like Ghana owing a single country, so bilateral agreement. So we owe China, that's the biggest, 1.9 billion. The next is followed by India. We owe them, I think, around $475 million. Then there's also... You can talk about the Western countries. There's the UK, the same around 400 million. There's Belgium. You don't even mention the US or you don't mention any other France or Germany. Right. But these France, Germany, they still have powers because they are able to bring to you some programs and policies that will bring in indirect funding, like you see from the World Bank, the UK aid, the US aid, and all that. They are present in your country. They don't only give you monetary support, but they give you technical support. Mm -hmm. That is what they feel BRICS and probably China and co, they lack, because they will give you the money, all right, and but it will not exactly, it, it will be in a form of butter trading I or see. that. They don't give you the technical support. So you need to have a game plan. Interesting days ahead. Uh, we'll see what this uh, will bring to us as a country. But Isaac Ophiaj joining us with the figures there on this latest development. You're watching The Pulse on the Joy News channel. We'll get back with some more stories. Please stay. Mama Zimbi Foundation, empowering widows for economic independence. On the 10th of June, a breaking free screening. And the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kuvitra in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Premier Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, see Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. Agrona HD Plus, the Feely Feely experience. The atmosphere is charged for rivalry and fun. fun. Yes, fun. it's the 12th edition of the Hit FM Record Dressy powered by Bet365. Bet
365. Canman City win the first ever Champion League trophy or will Inter Milan grab their fourth title? It's the Citizens versus the Nerazzurris. Wear your favorite club jersey and join us at the Aviation Social Center. Saturday, 10th of June for the Hit FM Rep Your Jersey. Powered by Bet365. 10 a.m. till you drop. There'll be lots of fun, excitement, entertainment, and amazing prizes to be won. Activities include a jammer wash and field contest, sports quiz, five side soccer, and Progressive presents Precious Moments. Hey, Jess, want to come for a ride on my motorcycle? You know, we can talk about our feelings and explore our emotional compatibility. I thought you'd never ask. The exchange you just heard didn't actually happen, but it could. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive and you could use the savings to make sure the motorcycle is always ready for your dream girl. So keep the dream alive and the savings coming with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. And watch the finale of the UEFA Champions League in grand style on a giant screen. Follow us on our social media platforms with the hashtag HitsRed. Call 833-901-COIN. 833-901-COIN. That's 833-901-COIN. Lozenges, think natural, think shell talks, leopard bomb, fast action, pain bomb, NASCO, bring home happiness, Heineken, share the passion, Jamar Soap, your partner for clean clothes, NASCO, what's more, Franco Design Innovations. So first of all, we came out with a single piece flip, that is a single unit, that we have to do a sketch drawings and get dimensions of how we want it to be like. There's a locker system that we use to lock our mesh then from there you flip it this way so that your fish or your meat doesn't fall into the fire then over here also we have the adjustable fire units down here where you can adjust to minimize the temperature of the fire so this is how it works Jay's Design Innovations on the Joy Business Van this Wednesday on TV, radio, online and on ground. The Joy Business Van, powered by Joy Business and supported by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. And MTN, what are we doing today? Welcome back. An environmental-based NGO, eco-conscious citizens, are asking government to immediately halt the community mining program in forest reserves. At a news conference to commemorate the World Environment Day, the group indicated that the NGO uh, said that the cost of community mining to the country uh, outweighs the benefits. I will ask our coordinator of the group. Our demands are number one rescind the declassification of Achimota Forest Reserve. Two, pause community mining. We cannot even monitor the big um, mining companies. If you have so many community mining operators, you can't uh, monitor and pause it so that we don't have all our waters um, being poisoned. Highlights, if every single one is a highlight, we are saying, first of all, 
uh, this is the second page, hold the directors of Akonta Mining accountable for destroying portions of the Tano Nimiri Forest Reserve. Take action on the Joy News documentary, which was Gold for Destruction. Set up a public inquiry into Professor Frimpon Boateng's report. I mean, this is cardinal. Then develop the green economy. You cannot tell us that you are getting so much from community mining when you don't even know the cost of community mining. When you destroy the land, do you know how much it costs to reclaim the land? It costs far more than we are making. So it's about not being penny-wise and pound-foolish. Getting $1.2 billion. Have you costed the diseases that are coming because of the mercury and other poisons within the water and the land? You haven't. So the $1.2 billion doesn't mean anything. When you haven't given me the cost of people's lives, people falling into pits and so on and so forth. So what we are saying is that unless you are going to do these things, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to any of us. The message out there is that if you are serious about Green Ghana, look at our press release and take seriously the recommendations that we have made. Let me just look at the first, the first page. Look seriously at the recommendations that have been made. Revoke, I keep on saying the same thing, revoke the... Um, the classification of Achimota Forest Reserve, revoke the LI that is making it possible to mine in forest reserves and even in globally um, biodiversity significant areas if the president deems it fit. Re- revoke or, or shall I say pause community mining. It is not helping us. So unless you are going to do those things, we don't think it is useful to be taking part in Green Ghana because we see it more as a gimmick not as anything we are seriously concerned about. Well, let's bring in Awala because she's joining us uh, via Zoom now. Thank you for your time. And uh, we all know the reason for which uh, government opted for the community mining scheme. It's as though it's an alternative to ending uh, issues of illegal mining. So why ask government to hold the policy when it's meant to provide uh, some alternate uh, livelihood for uh, Timi youth? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Hello? Loud and clear. Yes. What, thank you very much. What we are saying is that, you know, um, community mining has its hazards. Even mining, when it comes to big companies, there are challenges. And uh, our monitoring and enforcement regime is not as robust as it should be. So even the few, we have difficulties in monitoring them. How much more when you have so many community mining operatives? It's just madness. So what we are saying is that pause it till you get your act together. And let's be clear. The livelihood is not just, we're not just thinking about those coming to mind. What about the cocoa farmers who are losing their livelihood? Have we considered them? What are they supposed to do now when we destroy their cocoa farms or community mining? Yeah, I, I get that. But there's, there's also a problem at hand for, for government to deal with. Uh, scores of people, uh, and just uh, somewhere last week, you heard about that story of uh, some... some a uh, group of uh, young persons going into a mining concession, and we all know that the, the rest of the story. That's, that's the cycle uh, in which the youth find themselves. So how about providing some small schemes, concessions for them to at least mine responsibly? You see, I mean, there's robbery going on. People say because they have work to do. We can't condone armed robbery. I mean, it's just an act of criminality to go into somebody's concession and just go and help yourself. It's an act of criminality. And we deal with criminal activity in the way that the law says we should do. Yes, it's government's responsibility to provide jobs. And I totally agree that jobs should be provided for the youth. There's no point in having people unemployed. It's, you know, the devil has work for idle hands. 
So whilst the government is uh, doing its duty to find jobs, which it should be doing, we cannot condone illegality. Now with the community mining, we cannot see the color of our rivers. We all know what is happening within the food chain, how um, poisonous um, substances are entering the food chain through the food and um, livestock and so on and so forth that we consume. Are we going to say because of that it should be a free-for-all? We are not against mining. What we are saying is that it should be done in a responsible manner. And when we cannot ensure that that is the case, we leave it. And even the mining, there are some places where we should not mine at all. We cannot mine in forest reserves. There's a reason why we have forest reserves. And yet the government has passed a law, which will, or a law has been passed, which will enable mining in uh, globally significant biodiversity areas if the president thinks it's in the national interest. It can never be in the national interest to cause destruction. So what we are saying is that we need to um, get our priorities right. What more are you looking for um, aside that decision? We know we're looking for so many things. I mean, if you look at the, the, excuse me for that, if you look at the press release, we're saying, for instance, we need to be a little serious about greening Ghana. You can't be greening Ghana on one hand, and on the other hand, you are declassifying parts of Achimota Forest. We need to take care of the existing forests. So that's why we are saying keep your existing forest, whether it's Achimota Forest Reserve, whether it's Etiwa uh, Forest Reserve, and therefore you do not go around mining bauxite there when you've been told that not only will it destroy the ecosystem, but it will also poison the source of water to over 5 million Ghanaians. We've talked about um, the directors of Akonta Mining. If they have gone and caused destruction, they should be held accountable. They should be prosecuted. And we should have um, the policy of the polluter pays. They have any assets, if they are prosecuted and, and convicted, then their assets should be used as part of the clean lab. You cannot destroy and just walk away. We are looking at Prosta Pimpon Barton's report that it should be um, properly investigated and we should have a public inquiry, not anything behind closed doors, so that people with information can bring it forward and then whatever report comes out should also be public so it doesn't sit on somebody's desk for the next, uh, for the next two years. So these are some of the points that we are making. And the um, good documentary that Joy News made... Um, we believe that there's so much information in that documentary. A year has passed. What is the result? Has anybody been arrested? Have we found who were those um, individuals in army uniform um, purporting to um, guard illegal minors? Have we found out who they were? Have they been um, held accountable, prosecuted? Until these things are done, um, I'm not sure, quite sure we're going to move forward. Uh, and and what, what's your suspicion uh, as eco-conscious citizens as to why we're not seeing action on uh, these um, exposés and series of documents released even by some former government appointees? I mean, bless you. I think your guess is as good as mine. I mean, if um, people close to you are complicit, then you are finding it very difficult to do something about it. But we want to encourage His Excellency the President. He was bold enough to say he was putting his presidency on the line. He can't serve another term. So what we are asking him to do is to be bold. Those who are involved, whether they are close to the party or not, hold them accountable, deal with them. I mean, look at the images you are showing. It's just terrible. Do we want to wait till everybody in Ghana is poisoned before we take action? 
So it doesn't matter whether they are close to the party, far away from the party, high flowers, low flowers. For heaven's sake, deal with them. And that will send the message that will come after anybody who is destroying our environment. It's not just about us. It's about the next generation. Mm. You know, what is happening is totally wicked and unacceptable. Yeah. We cannot just poison everywhere in sight when the next generation has to come and also live in what in a poisoned environment. We need action. Uh, and I agree with you on that. Awulasawa, thank you for spending some time with Thank us you here. Very much. Well, in our second episode of uh, Ghana's Potholes exhibition, uh, feature editor Jojo Kobner brings you some reasons why the government may not cover craters in the middle of the road. Sudden sound of pothole symphony. When your vehicle joins the chorus, then be rest assured that a hole will be created in your bank account. Driving on pothole riddled streets means you have to constantly drift off your lane. From afar, you start looking like a drunk, needlessly turning the steering wheel. If you're wondering why the government is not fixing your potholes, well then, you guessed right. It is because there is no by-election in your constituency. You've been agitating, demonstrating, crying out to government and even praying to government to fix your potholes. But there is one man who is praying against that prayer. We're recording this progressive commercial on a real boat to let people know that when you bundle your home, boat, and other vehicles... What was that, Flo? Progressive saves you money, Jamie. Why are we doing this on a boat? We were going for authenticity. We're going to the city? Authenticity. You mean Atlantic City? But we're not in the Atlantic. Are we? Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Yes, With so much passion fueled by hunger, he sometimes dangerously approaches drivers and sometimes weaves in between vehicles begging for coins to put food on the table for his family. For three years, he has been filling these potholes with soil on the Iran Clinic stretch, not only for the driving comfort of drivers and passengers, but to eke out 11. So would you be happier if God listened to your prayer instead? This crater is starting to take up the whole lane. A few meters away are well-carved-out potholes, more like asphalt or worry. They cover the entire stretch and you cannot save your car from them. So why not stop there for a game of a worry? Which office do you contact when the street is beyond pothole repair? 
Empi, where the answer? Self service. We buy road, no. Also, on the on the road, Basame man. Basame man, Zubaga said, "Be young, no. Now, this this is Zubaga said, 'Young, no. Now, present.' Now, self service. Some people are true say, 'Now, you go and Ghana for money, Ghana for self service money.' Ah, the man said, 'You will be very young, go and answer that answer. We will say, 'What are you doing?' We will go to move. What a shock! What a shock! Mas I don't know why." Yes, Ghana's roads can leave you enraged. So like COVID-19, you have to learn to live with it. When it rains, the craters become river-wide, suitable for fishing. So I went for a hook and line. And oh, what a great catch it was, right in the middle of the road. So, with all these prospects, why would governments cover them up? Jojo Kobner, join news. Okay, Jojo Kobner is here with us and there, there are a lot of people sending me messages they want to have dinner with you tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, for, no, no, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I've been, I've been doing a lot of fishing. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I'm the fisherman. Th that that's just depicting how serious this challenge of bottles all over the place is. It is. We need to tackle that. It is. It's a very serious problem. You see, the thing is that that Iran clinic, we all use that particular stretch right. because it's very close to our office. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I had noticed that over over the years, I mean, over the months, you realize that it's just a small pothole. And then it widens, and then we are quiet, and then you see this young man filling it, and then we, we, we are quiet about it, mm -hmm. and nothing ever happens. So I've been asking myself, when you see a pothole, who do you go to? Which office do you go to? Do you go to Urban Roads, or do they come and repair it? Like, is there, is there a hotline that you can actually call and report a pothole and say that there's a pothole up here, and so let's go, uh, let's go and fix it. Can you go and fix it? Do we have something like that? It seems... I mean, we have left, we leave them to develop, develop, yeah. widen, 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 and the entire stretch is taking, and then after some time, we go back, uh, vote a lot of money to go back to redo the roads, yeah. and then the, the, the roads go so, back. So the maintenance culture is bad it itself. It's terrible. And we're not even bad. doing anything about, uh, about them. This is the second in the series, I believe. Yeah, this is the second. Uh, I mean, what was striking was what the I mean, commercial driver indicated to you, and the fact that every leader appears to be shifting the goalpost. If you ask the DC, the DC says, well, just go and ask your MP. Your MP says, go and ask the road minister. Your minister says, ask the president. I mean, we keep going back and forth, but for you, where do you feel the solution lies? Urban roads supposed to, I mean... Look at our urban roads, yeah. and then I mean, um, arterial roads, just the feeder roads. Yes, I mean, the, not, not the highways. Right. The highways supposed to take off the highway. The highways. Okay, ne next next week we bring in the highway. Okay, you're focusing uh, on that uh, section, right? We're okay. just focusing on the for now. On, for now. Yes, and it is the problem is there. We see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Many people have been sending pictures and telling us, please come to our community. Community 22 is horrible. Right. People are saying, no, come to this community and that we have, we have worse situations. What you're even showing is just child's play. This shows that all, of, all across many parts of Accra mm -hmm. and many, many, many parts of the country, the, road is, the, the roads are bad. And so we need 
we need a system where we can be fixing these before they become big problems. And then we have to spend so much money to repair them. And I bet you, when election approaches, that's where you see the huge cracks um, um, will come with sand, will come with stones. Yeah. And then in a very short time, overnight. Uh, overnight, when you're sleeping, you wake up, and then they're trying to fix. Why don't you fix them as we go? I mean, and that is, that's, that is the problem. So portals especially, we're exhibiting the portals, hoping that government will cover them up so that we did, they, they wouldn't have to spend so much money. It's not they, it's yes. we, we, because um, it's, it's not a government that is uh, the politicians. It's not their money. It right. is our money. Mm-hmm. So that we use our money to fix them on time. And then we wouldn't have a situation whereby, mm-hmm. no, we, many, many are ignoring the effect of these portals. Mm-hmm. Then when you, you have a serious, I mean, when you've lost a baby on the road, because people, the people who have had miscarriages on the road, on the road. there are people who, um, their cars are badly damaged, people who die on the road because of a pothole, because you're trying to swerve, and then because you didn't see it on time, and you, you don't really use, and you don't right. have that pothole memory. Yeah. You know pothole memory when <laughs> you're driving, and you know that there's a pothole here. You instinctively. Then you prepare so you, and maneuver. <laughs> yeah. And when you don't know, you can slam it. Yeah. And then immediately you press the brakes or maybe you veer off. You hit someone's car and then there's an accident. We need to solve this. We need stitch, to fix it. A, a stitch in time. And in fact, we're asking our viewers to also be part of that solution. Yes, Just yes, join yes. with the hashtag GHPotholes, uh, part of the potholes. And then they should share the stories. They should take videos, okay. their experiences. Mm-hmm. And then we can. And then sh- um, hashtag it on Facebook, on, on, on Twitter, Twitter, GH Potholes. And then l- let's see. see that. And we'll, be, we'll, we'll collect all of them and then we are going to display them. So we're going to have a very grand as thing, um, maybe in two weeks' time, where we'll invite people to even print out their, their potholes. Yeah. And then we are, we are going to um, autograph them, we're going to mm. sign them, and we are going to present them. Yeah. the authorities so that they will do something about it. They need to do something about it. Uh, Jojo Kobna, thanks for joining us. Uh, the next time I understand you're swimming. So, I mean, you can jump into a problem to swim the next time he's on, on, on the road. But, I mean, this is a serious thing. You can also be a part of the solution. Uh, GH hashtag GH potholes. And uh, it's on all of our social media platforms. Just, just draw our attention and then we, we, we solve, I mean, we share the problem and then draw the attention of the authorities. Any final words for our viewers? Uh, something they, they, should, they, should keep, they should keep their uh, portals coming. Right. And we, they should expose their portals and then we'll help governments cover them up. Okay. We won't fish in them again. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks, Jojo, for joining us. And that's all we have for you here on The Pulse. I'm Blesser Sugan. Log on to myjoyonline.com. Updates there for you. We'll see you next time. Next is Let's Talk Showless. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. beautiful day and you're surely welcome to let's talk showbiz here on the joy news channel my name is doreen Avio, and today there's so much to discuss here on the show listen over the weekend quite a number of things happened kwame eugene had a memorial concert for his grandma and lots of artists were there to support him we also have something from um um, george Quay and his team that's april communications and image bureau plus <laughs> cues and lyrics oh someone was evicted i don't know how you felt about it but we'll bring you updates on that because andy was a guest judge on it and he seemed to have you know offered some help for one of the artists i'll bring you details on that my name is doreen and the show is let's talk show 
If you're just joining me, this is Let's Talk Showbiz, and we're starting with Kwame Eugene, who obviously held a memorial concert for his grandma. And for him, it was such a beautiful sight to behold. Lots of artists were there to support him, including his label mates. And, you know, um, of course, we have highlights of his performances, and Kwame Eugene has been talking about his grandma and the fact that uh, it's something that he owed to her to actually do for her. And, she, and grandma has has done a lot for the people of that community as well. So my colleague was there, Ibi, and uh, here are excerpts of everything that happened. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. 